Welcome to the Discuss and Discuss podcast, where we'll talk about the topics that'll make your toes curl. Today we'll be talking about The Sun is Also a Star by Nicola Yoon. Before we begin, I had a pretty dang eventful week. Oh, yeah. So, Tell me. <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> Thank you. Be more interested in my week. <laughs> um, so I actually got an audition on yeah, okay. uh, Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday, which was pretty cool. The last time I auditioned for a TV show or a movie or anything was been, geez, September. Yeah, yeah, September. So like, holy moly, like I thought, you know, it's it's kind of weird to say that you want to be an actor and then you don't. <laughs> and you haven't been acting or like you haven't gotten an audition for for something. So it was it was so quiet. It just felt like, oh, well, it's kind of just a side thing. I don't it, uh, I don't know how to feel about it. <laughs> Go about life. Yeah, well, and congrats. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, the cool thing is that I turned that audition in, and then I got another audition yesterday for a different project. So it's pretty cool to have things popping in, coming in. Maybe yeah. use this as positive momentum spiraling upward, you know? Yeah. A hundred percent. Like, dude, that's so cool, man. I hope, uh, I hope you get it. Hopefully we'll see you in whatever it is that's going to be. I mean, the next movie adaptation that's a lot. Book that we read. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, let's, you know, I might have to take over the podcast for a little bit. Don't worry about it. I got it. Um, <laughs> I'll still make time. Shoot. Um, but some really cool, fun news with even more cool, fun news is that we've reached 30 listens <laughs> on our podcast. <laughs> Slowly climbing. Hopefully yeah. we'll get some more, maybe start total. making some uh, some side money <laughs> for, for, either, yeah. even, um, for even greater and fun content that we can do in the future. Yeah, I think it's so big. Like uh, we started this three weeks ago and you mentioned oh. it. there's positive momentum going into it. And so uh, it's cool. It's cool to see that even with just word of mouth that we have a good support system. So thanks everyone who's listened in so far and continues to listen. Uh, For sure. Super Thank you. appreciative. That's so, it's cool. It's just so cool. Bring the love. <laughs> <laughs> For the month of February and these love books that we're reading. <laughs> Nice, nice, nice. Good segue. Good segue. <laughs> <laughs> so, what did you think of the book? Yeah, Sun is Also a Star by Nicola Yoon. So, it was really good. I love her writing style and how she incorporates a lot of her personal life into this, as well as her, re as well as her views. It was a really good book fun to read there are moments that I couldn't put it down just because there's a lot of weight in what you're reading and so it carries you forward there's a lot of a lot of momentum in it so overall really good book in my opinion what do you think I 
absolutely agree. I finished it this morning and wow, there, this book was a slow read for me, not because it was hard or difficult because I agree with you. The way she writes is just really, it has a nice flow, you know, you, there's nothing that's preventing you from just following the momentum. But I had to put it down several times because there were so many moments in here that hit me personally. And I just like, I read it and I have to put the book down and I'm just like thinking about that moment and how it's relating to my life. And I'm like, dang, dude, it's taking me forever to read this. Not because it's bad, but because it's reminding myself so much of these experiences that happened to me that is similar. So yeah. when it ended yeah. this morning, I, uh, <laughs> I was I was left a little like empty. I was like, that's how it ends. <laughs> yeah. And I think it just carries on too. And that's why it's so, it, that's how you know she's a good writer. Talking about her background a little bit, she is an immigrant who married another immigrant. And that's a lot of the story that we get in this is her living that writing it down through what she's lived through which for us not only is impactful for us because uh, we're minorities but also because it gives us a perspective into someone else's journey as an immigrant specifically and working their way through this american culture that can be very busy could be very loud boisterous complicated especially right like it's so complicated and it's so cool to see so many different lives impacted in this book in the in sense of being of trying to fit in that's a big reason why for me same thing like when i was reading through it there are moments i had to stop pause and reflect to really soak in that information and, and kind of think about back in my experience have i gone through the same things a lot of times I was like, yes, for sure. In my own little way, I totally felt this. For sure. And I, I think she's Jamaican and she married a yeah. Korean, right? So this is like Korean, very, yeah. very reflective of her own life and character wise and like making the characters the same races that she fell in love with and followed through marriage with. So it's really cool. Starting with this really big moment. <laughs> So Natasha, she's so, would you say logical? Like very, like, it's that science brain where you need to explain it by with science in order to agree with moving forward or whatever. And Natasha kind of had this moment of, if the person that's meant to love you forever can suddenly stop what's there to believe in, and it's cutting yourself off because she knows that she has to go. Um, she's being deported to or back to Jamaica. So it's like, why fall in love? Why open yourself up to something that's going to hurt later? Because it's never is not meant to be or, you know, whatever excuse or reason you're trying to come up with. I just thought that moment was like, dang. Maybe that's what I'm doing. 
know what I mean? Because because <laughs> yeah. I'm like, man, I'm too yeah. busy for a relationship. I'm too busy for to open myself up for that type of possibility. Yeah, it, it's cool because Nicola Yoon based Natasha off herself specifically, as we mentioned before, especially the fact that she grew up, I believe, as a uh, is it as an engineer. I think it was a mechanical engineer something very scientific-y, and she mentions that she was super logical. So Natasha was a key reflection of herself. While Daniel, to get into him a little bit, this character is very based off of creativity and, and feeling and living in the moment. And I would agree that the logical side kind of tends to push away that creative side a lot because you ask yourself like uh, in terms of finances can I afford this can I am I allowed to purchase this thing or you know like there's a lot of barriers that you talk yourself out of because logically doesn't make sense I think that's what that's one question we all ask ourselves does it make sense and opening yourself up to love in a short amount of time span is one thing that I'm sure anybody would be like, no, this is impossible. There's no way that, you know, I can have love before essentially a very tragic uh, uh, moment, right? Like as big as getting deported from a, from a country that you love so much. Yeah, the artistic type of person, that expressionist, it's so it's too impulsive for someone that's trying to maintain control in a moment where she has zero control. So it's, I think she's kind of an example of all of us when we're going about life, trying to like get our shit together. But <laughs> the, the idea to just impulsively do things on a, on a whim is too outrageous or scary or risky. Therefore, we don't do it and we close ourselves up from those possibilities, those opportunities. So there's this bringing up her being Jamaican and Daniel being Korean. Well, Daniel has been pressured to only date Korean and not <laughs> black. <laughs> We're laughing because we directly relate to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's something that we've heard all, all our lives. And it's not just, you know, like black girls or anything. It was, it, it's just dating outside of your race. Like make sure you date a Vietnamese girl who's Catholic. So that way you can continue the lineage, right? The the culture. And it, it would be easier to assimilate it essentially. So yeah we heard this a lot <laughs> all throughout our lives we've been through a lot of situations where it was just very difficult to accept the fact that love comes in all different forms and sizes and in other people so yeah, yeah this one hit <laughs> big old hit because it's it happened happens so often growing up and it's our pressure was yeah date within our race our date date a Vietnamese girl 
Catholic, but there was also this pressure to not even date at all until after you finish school and get an education. There's this traditional mindset of them, them meaning our, our elders, our grandparents, pressuring us to secure something out of our good, you know, like our well-being. It wasn't intentional to harm us the way we thought it would harm us growing up. But when you reflect, it's like they just want us to have what they didn't get to have as immigrants. So, yeah, it's uh, it's just what they knew, too. Like, they don't know any other culture or race and to date or even marry someone else in a different culture, race, religion was just so foreign to them because they're 100% Vietnamese. They're immigrants themselves. They came over, you know, uh, decades ago. And being first-generation American, Vietnamese Americans, like, we had to deal with, like, the clash of two cultures. And this is what we get here, too. Like, we try to balance so many things out or try to adapt in these situations, but it's so difficult when it's essentially a storm coming at you while you also have like uh, a different kind of natural disaster kind of clashing together. And you're like, what do I do here? And so, yeah, I, I, this is one reason why I just cannot put the book down. It's just these moments of like, Oh gosh, like, yes, I totally feel Natasha or Daniel mainly the fact that I can't date who I want to date even though I'm so attracted and I like them so much to them because of what they look like, essentially. Yeah, we see a lot of ourselves in Daniel, his struggle to be accepted first by his parents because he's the second son and like uh, Charles is supposed, he's like the better looking one. He got into Harvard and it's like that comparison of not being ex- uh, accepted or as great as that firstborn. and we deal with like acceptance trying to well (laughs) be accepted by our family you know like if we don't date within our culture they're gonna shun us or exile us you know kind of building that fear within us to to protect us But, um, but we don't see it that way growing up but daniel is struggling with that he's trying to live up to his parents expectations but at the same time he's not happy he's not fulfilled and he's he's got so much pressure and then he finally meets natasha and everything kind of just changes for him he's like this feeling of being alive and they go they well he feels a spark like pretty much immediately (laughs) yeah and uh, Natasha, she's trying to, like, hide it, you know? I, I like the moments where we see into her brain, you know? She's saying the opposite of what she actually wants. And it's very interesting. But Yeah, their dynamic is one that I love playing out because it's essentially living in the moment versus what logically makes sense and natasha understandably is focused on the fact that she's gonna 
leave or she's going to be deported back to Jamaica and she's trying to prevent this. And then this guy comes in and essentially interrupts the whole effort to try to stay here. However, it's still a good reminder of living now, even in the moments that are tough and not dwell on the fact, uh, not dwell on the things you cannot control. And Natasha is that logical side that continues to say, no, 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 I got to push these feelings back because I have something bigger to focus on. I have something a little bit more selfish, essentially, to do. And I don't know, it's kind of funny, like, if you really think about, like, maybe there wasn't anything she could have done. And, you know, there are moments that she had to continue to wait and wait and wait for something to happen. But then, you know, Daniel comes in and is like, nah, you know, don't worry about all that. Like, we have 12 hours. Screw it. Let's just be here and do all these small things and remember that love is what makes life worth living, not not just being in a location, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. It's because she's not down for any of this because of the way she grew <laughs> yeah. up, too, <laughs> because... Right. she's lived a tough life you know she's also trying to make it her parents were i mean it's it's a gift in a way that she's been able to stay in new york for as long as she has without being deported sooner so she got to grow up mostly in american but she also sees so much struggle that her parents are going through that she needs to be successful so that they can get a better life she needs to stay in America because that's where her friends are or her friend and she needs to go to college. So, you know, so that she can better her career or better the outcome of her life so that she can offer her family a better life. So to just <laughs> stop in yeah, a moment, another and moment, yeah. fall in love with Daniel, but go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, I, I just also wanted to say, like, it's another moment that, you know, we connect with, with Natasha as well because of that. And we have parents who sacrifice a lot so that they can come to a country with opportunities. They work super hard to provide us certain things. And we feel the kind of, kind of we feel the same way as giving back to the people who provided us what we have now. It's, difficult as well because like when you're reading it it boils your blood though doesn't it like you know <laughs> I'm like no Natasha don't don't make the same mistakes as us and at the same time we just understand mainly like why she's doing what she's doing yeah definitely there's this moment where I thought it was really sweet really cool where Daniel takes Natasha with him to drop off that pouch of money off at his dad's store and then this moment dude holy crap I'm sure happened well I think you'll know what I'm talking about so mm -hmm. she's black he's Korean they're outside of his dad's store and he tells her to wait outside and that moment I think it just like hits so many moments in my life it's like or our lives where it's like oh how are we gonna do this like 
wait outside can you just wait outside um but you're not ready to face that conversation of like oh she's black she's not allowed to be here or i don't even know <laughs> what to say like you're not allowed to date or yeah. whatever conversation that's kind of come up mm-hmm. but like we uh, get scared of the moment like it's the confrontation between our parents and then our ideals as to again bringing someone else of a different culture different race and even sexual orientation uh, that's a big one too where it's a very tough conversation to have especially when you have parents who instill a certain kind of expectation on you that's so difficult to break when you know they've also sacrificed so much to provide you a certain lifestyle and it's difficult right like when you are giving given a present and you accept it normally you would give one back and that's like kind of how i feel about this situation too where it's like okay she's given you the present of her time daniel right daniel has her time now and he makes her wait outside uh, of the store it's like that's so funny that you're infatuated with this person and yet you know, there's this family aspect, which we understand very heavily, that prevents you from just letting her into a store, right? Like, she doesn't have to, he doesn't have to say that uh, she's his girlfriend or whatever, you know, that they're dating. It's just like, could have been a friend and let her in. But he understands his parents so well that it may not, it it may trigger a lot more, which it did, right? It it may trigger a lot of discussions (laughs) about his choices. Again, especially being a second child and having to live up to certain expectations. Yeah. And the moment that I really liked is that he implemented this do-over. He like, he steps inside the store without Natasha first. And then he like, I guess you could say that it was almost immediate where he's like, he steps back outside and he's like you know what let me do that again (laughs) yeah and then he does and then he does take natasha in and then Mm -hmm. faces all of that fear you know i think i think we can take note of that situation and be like next time that's what we need to do just be like you know what i like this person or this person's my friend and then just say or face whatever conversations to come from our our elders <laughs> yeah just to play off on this moment a little bit and use the moment in my life to reflect on this is you know uh my wife now her and i she's half filipino half italian and i would say that there were moments i could tell that my parents had a hard time accepting that fact and you know i've dated a few other girls in the past but um i end up choosing someone who is half filipino half italian so no vietnamese right <laughs> and so it's kind of funny to see them break down a little bit and still accept your choices even if they don't agree with it this is the moment that i really resonated with daniel because that's the same thing he was like yeah, let's have this do-over. Uh, let me try again. And I prefer, he, you know, he prefers to be selfish in this moment instead of a- appeasing his parents. And 
I really liked it. Like, I feel the same way. That's essentially what I did. <laughs> I was like, hey, here's, you know, so-and-so, and she's not Vietnamese, but I love her, and then you can't do much about it, especially when we get married. So, <laughs> and now they love her. Like, they, you know, my mom always talks about her and is, like, always making fun of me on her behalf. So mm-hmm. it's an interesting dynamic that, I understand that our parents aren't used to our ideals, but because we're first generation or we've been in America for so long, like we have different um, opinions about stuff. And so I hope, and we, I don't know if we really get a follow up. I don't, I don't remember if there's a sequel to this book, but I wonder if Daniel's parents start to feel the same way. um, If certain things play out the book had ended you know, um, <laughs> uh, this is me assuming i don't know what's gonna happen but i wonder if his parents would have been the same for sure what's really cool is that love can be well you would have to believe that love can conquer all the conquer over all of the obstacles like the struggles so it's really cool that daniel definitely did this do-over because he's also sticking up for her you know which is kind of because they're not official in this moment yet <laughs> But like, but I bet you that was probably like really like a big moment for Natasha too, as in like confirmation of, oh, dang, I really like this guy now even more so because he did that. And then he's conquering that fear of his parents and following through because he wants this to happen more than he's afraid of his parents preventing it from happening at all yeah the courage the courage the bravery i wish oh my gosh i wish i had such i wish i was daniel (laughs) such tenacity (laughs) yeah he's yeah i like daniel hit so many things for me personally and uh we'll get into that a little bit too but i do want to focus on how nicola yoon uh brings and highlights individual people throughout this journey uh, between Natasha and Daniel because every character that comes into play there's a little bit of backstory and it's it's that quirkiness in this writing that makes it so easy to read and uh, I want to you know I'm bringing this up because also you know we get an insight into Daniel's parents and we get insight to the conductor the the security guard that's there uh, the chopstick lady like there's so many characters who in other stories like it could just be a, a name that's just dropped and you move forward though i was watching an interview with nicola union she mentions that she wanted to incorporate this aspect because we don't ever think about what another person is going through and while we are following these two characters there's other people around them also going through a bunch of stuff, you know? And I love that. Like it made it so much more refreshing to see like, okay, well they have their struggles, but this person's also going through this thing. Oh yeah. I heavily relate with this person also. Oh wait, like we're going back to these two. Oh, and they met this person. Oh, like, yeah, for sure. Like this person (laughs) is so interesting. And it's so cool that she added this. And it's something that I love doing. I, I told you like, I'm that guy on the airplane. (laughs) that I'll like talk to someone because I see them doing something interesting and then um you know I'll annoy them for talking to them but then 
they get to open up and you find out a whole bunch of stuff about them. And I know you do this, right? Um, now, like, what do you think of that aspect in this book? I liked it as well. In the beginning, I, I wasn't quite sure where she was going with it. She was hopping between these characters. At first, it was just uh, Daniel and Natasha. And then she incorporated the conductor and all that stuff. And I was like, huh, do we really need to know about these people? And then later on, there's like a payoff to all these characters. Um, so, well, sometimes they're more immediate. But that security guard lady, like, mm-hmm. I liked how she we got insight into her when she ran into natasha earlier and near the end of the book we get like a full circle moment with her and i was like holy moly because because that security guard was going through something where she was depressed like she she was in darkness but her interaction with natasha just like that simple thank you and smile that she gave to the security guard saved her life because yeah. at the end of that day, she wanted to. Was a male, by the way. What's up? Wasn't wasn't the security guard a, a male? Security? I might be mixing somebody. <laughs> yeah, I think his name was Joe, and he lost his wife. So you were on the right page, like you. Yeah. Well, no, there's there's a <laughs> just there's a girl. She was uh at the check in, where Natasha needs to put oh, her phone and stuff off. It's almost like it's USCIS or something like that. So she's still security. It's oh, it's not yeah, like I see, I see. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's just checking Natasha in, but yeah, mm-hmm. she was in like darkness, and at the end of that day, she was gonna unalive herself. But due to the thank mm-hmm. you and sweet moment that she shared with Natasha, Natasha saved her life because then we get that flash forward moment of ten years later, and we. We see that this lady is thriving. She's like getting her shit together and she's more fulfilled and happy, you know, like making that moment of wanting to unalive herself just a moment of the past. And, you know, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I love that you bring that up, too, um, because this is a good reminder that all of our interactions with everyone in our lives, even if it's a, a glancing moment, may be very impactful and natasha while she's worried about herself she doesn't realize that the people she comes into contact with have a mo have has a moment with her that has changed their lives and to be quite honest like i don't even know if she'll ever find that out and i don't think any of us will either you know like when we go and have a moment with someone it could be a chance to save someone or even change your perspective and i apologize you're correct but there was a security guard named joe who had a wife beth who passed away of cancer and so he was very sad and stuff and he felt an immense amount of loneliness until and he he was smoking cigarettes and there was a moment where natasha was like you know you shouldn't smoke and then uh, asks him to give her the cigarettes and then he's just like who are you? First off, <laughs> and then, but in that moment, it's like, you remind me of my wife though. This is a sign. And he stopped smoking. Like that's a, such a beautiful interaction and a great detail that again, it made me enjoy the book so much more is are, are these small moments that 
have impact and remind Natasha that even though she's leaving a location, right, she still has an impact on certain people, certain things and stuff. And that's the things that make life worth living. It's not just the location, it's just the people that you have in your life. You just juggle something in my mind. It's it's really cool because it's it's almost like confirmation or validation of our existence that like these small moments that we have with people can amount to really big things. So even though Natasha did these things or had these interactions with these people, of course she's not going to get feedback on <laughs> from I don't know yeah. from the universe or or uh, the dude upstairs or woman I don't know, but or someone confirming with her like yeah your existence matters like we're not ever going to get that sort of from these interactions but it's really cool to read it in a book perspective because now it's like these small moments are confirmation of her existence matters and she's got a positive impact i don't know just a strange Uh, reflection on our lives (laughs) Just a quote too that I, I want to bring up uh, on this topic is Daniel saying that names are a powerful thing. Or names are powerful things. We they act as an identity marker and kind of a map, locating you in time and geography. More than that, they can be a compass. Like, isn't that crazy to think of the the interactions in our lives, the connections that we make, are the things that point us in the right direction. And that's kind of exactly what she has to accept is that even though she's getting deported, that's where life wants to take her, right? The universe and and being a very logical person, she doesn't understand that necessarily. But if we want to play on the fact that, you know, the universe or whoever else is this larger entity is pointing you in a certain direction, like sometimes you just have to follow it because there's deeper meaning. There's uh, other experiences to be had. So this is one of my favorite lines in the book because it's something that I try to do in my life, but everyone gets lost, you know, every so often. And so we need a reminder of what we're doing is correct or what we're doing is at least on the right path for us. And it may not look at it, you like look like it at the time. However, sooner or later, you're going to cross a, a, a marker or a, a finish line or a checkpoint that proves like, Hey, you know what, whatever happened to me in the past was meant to happen. And I'm here because of that reason. That's really cool. What you said. Yeah. It's, if we think about it in this way, from this quote, it's like, it kind of makes me appreciate all the small interactions with people more. It's like this needed to happen. I don't know what for, <laughs> but it's still cool regardless, you know. Very cool. Yeah. There's a there's a book this reminds me. Of. I'm just going to plug this in really quick cuz uh, right, cool. I hope we read it. <laughs> it's called uh If Nobody Speaks of Remarkable Things and it's a book that's changed my life in, in focusing on the small the small details and the small interactions very similar to this. So just plugging that in there. Is that <laughs> Sweet. This is a great little snippet for it. Write that down on the list. Maybe, <laughs> it's, maybe it's, on there. It. it's on there, my guy. <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> we got a yeah, lot of there. It's like one of my favorite. Yeah. Lots of stuff. Lots of topic, guys. 
So let's talk about Samuel Kingsley, Natasha's father. Yeah. Oh man, I don't even know where to begin. Uh, what a character. What a character. I guess we'll just start with fear. So Samuel Kingsley reminds me a lot about myself because he wants to be an actor. I want to be an actor. What makes me so afraid um, or reading about Samuel Kingsley reminds me of what I'm afraid of because Samuel Kingsley lets his family down and it's this constant rejection or like that envy of not making it and you see other people become successful and he's in america he's jamaican he doesn't have a perfect american accent and he kind of sees the world as as a bunch of obstacles that are like preventing him from success and it develops like this bitterness within him and if you're toxic you're gonna make other people around you toxic as well so Samuel Kingsley kind of failed and as a father in a way by being so consumed and wanting to be successful as an actor that he failed to to better the relationship as a father to his daughter Natasha and his son and his wife so it's like a lingering fear at the back of my mind that's like man what if i become like samuel kingsley what do you think yeah i i don't think you would be like him but he's such he's a good character to involve to be involved with uh natasha because she's he's the reason why she's the way she is right i believe that we're all products of our environment that doesn't mean that we can't change and we see that with natasha but having a father who is very spiteful of the world is very bitter also clouds your view of the world and we see that in natasha right like she's like oh why is the the world doing this to me it's it's it sucks because i, I love this country so much and you know I, I do so much for it and yet it it wants to deport me yet they you know he he's the epitome or the imagery of being blinded at the fact that you may not have those opportunities that you were looking for you may have been presented with other ones and you've you walked past it because you're so blinded by your ambition that's why i i appreciate yoon for including samuel because it's a reminder to hope too that not all parents are good parents, unfortunately. And some people have to grow up faster than others. And we see that in Natasha, and that's why she wants to go to school. And although she wants to give back to her family, I also think that she doesn't want to be like her dad. And why she, that's why she does all that stuff. So for sure. Yeah. Cause that's a role model, you know, like she mentioned how sam used samuel used to play with her as a little kid and then they'd share these heartful heartful moments where they're happy memories to come back to but that's where it stopped you know when she was a child now that she's older she's like 17 it's yeah. during that stage where she's trying to grow and figure herself out as a person trying to find a career and it sucks that she can't really look to her father as a role model, as someone that is 
I don't know, offer her better direction or like better care or something like that. And it just kind of sucks. And when Samuel finally books a play, Natasha was actually like supportive of him booking that play despite all of like the crappy moments that happened and stuff like that. She was still trying to support her her dad even though he wasn't really good as as an actor in that play. Like yeah. they couldn't sell out in all the seats and reading about this moment just brings me back to when I booked my my first play. It's like, oh my gosh. One I only booked it because I'm the only Asian person that auditioned for it. <laughs> it's a story about a, a Japanese-American that signs up to the army to prove his, his loyalty to the States during World War II. And yeah, I was the only Asian person that auditioned for it, so therefore I got it. The problem was that like when I decided to be an actor, it was like kind of months before this so like i don't have training i don't you know like what confidence of a good actor do i have to lean on in order to fully embody this character and you know live on this stage and be entertaining or connect with the audience in a way that they have a positive experience or something like that so when I had this play and there was this moment of hesitation for me where I kind of didn't want to invite family. I didn't want people to see me because I knew I would fail in a way. Cause it's like, despite my inexperience, I wanted, I knew that this is still a blessing regardless if I'm good or not, because I can grow from this experience. The shitty part of that, uh, of wanting to be a good actor or do a good job is that, dang, this might not be fun for the people that I invite. But I invited family anyways. <laughs> hey, I'm glad you did. I was there. <laughs> it was good. It was good. It was okay. <laughs> we all have to start somewhere indeed just like this book oh my god like the the immigrants in this book you, just like the immigrants you, you just have to start somewhere <laughs> well it just yeah, hurts you know there's a later on in the book natasha mentioned she has a real moment with her dad where she gets into a fight with him because she brought daniel over and it's that moment of not what not communicating for a long time between one another, Natasha and Sam. And she lets it all out. She says what's on her mind, what she's been contemplating or reflecting on for a long time. And she straight up just tells him that like, you weren't very good or did she say that? Or I think I'm mixing it up. Deep down, she knew that she, uh, he wasn't good, but she told sam to not give up on his dream that he was good and that he enjoyed or that she enjoyed the play and she was happy for him yeah mm -hmm. yeah it's it's 
a tough moment. It was a tough moment to read because in the sense of him not him regretting his life a little bit and where it's at, not essentially where, how it started, right? It's where it's at right now. And he's frustrated and you see that spilling over into his family life and Natasha's really affected and it's, you know, it's affected her for years. And we still have this moment of support, even though she's so frustrated and so angry, she still is like, you, you still are my father. And that's a lot of what we see in people who don't have the best living situations with their parents. And yet there's still this love for them because you can't choose your parents, unfortunately, but you can still choose how you interact with them or what kind of relationship you have. And I like that she chose instead of cutting him off for being toxic, she chooses to implant the seed of growth and and of positive momentum, right? Which is what we see she do with everything or everyone else that she meets. And her father is no exception. Indeed. Good moment. Because when I was reading that moment, I thought it was just going to be a full blast argument, kind of like that. And, you know, just like the nastier side of arguments, lack of acceptance of one another and respect and just spiteful. But it wasn't like that. It was very, she spoke from the heart, you know? It's like, in a way, you wronged me, but still, I believe in you to do better type of thing, which was really cool. And then as Daniel, he's kind of just like, <laughs> Daniel's kind of like, you know, when you go sleep over at your friend's house and then like your friend <laughs> yeah. gets scolded and, and you're just like, uh, sorry, know. dude. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what to say. You're just like, um, so do you want to play a game? <laughs> do I stay here for this? Do I? <laughs> uh, should I call my parents? Yeah good moment <laughs> yeah it's just big beefy well is there anything else you want to touch on kind of look at my notes right now yeah um i love the moments that nicola yoon expresses in natasha of putting in her perspective of the world again very logical she talks about space right and saying that you know uh, what was it something about looking to the skies or something and then you know she drops the line like the sun is also a star oh yeah that <laughs> yeah like you can continue to like it, it's just those aspects that she puts in and you know shows off her scientific side i love the facts you know like there are facts in there that she says and uh, let me see if I can pull up one, but essentially it's just always like, oh, it's, this is how it works. And that's why you cannot change it. Uh, through examples is something that I really appreciate. You know, like she's inputting all this information. She's very smart and she spews it um, and in those ways. And I wish I had written down a few of those examples. Uh, um because I know it's how I think sometimes too, where I'm like, logically speaking, this is not possible, right? Physics says that for every action, there's a reaction. And like, I think this is what we're getting 
throughout the whole story too is that she's reacting away and now she's getting a reaction you know she reacted to again the security uh, guard um smoking and yet and the reaction that she gets is making him a better person essentially stuff like that and to daniel too like when she finally accepts his attempts which is a little creepy right like you like you have to kind of respect a person who's persistent but there's a point nowadays where like you can't do that <laughs> like, she said no you gotta you gotta respect that she said no but when she did accept it things turned out so much better and uh it's cool seeing a logical person turn towards their feelings a little bit more because that's me a little bit where I'm just like, dude, this makes no sense. Uh, long distance doesn't make any sense, right? Long distance relationships don't make any sense. But sooner or later, you take a leap of faith and you just believe in it. And it most it may work out, it may not, but that's part of life. Yeah, the whole science bit. And, you know, you can make an argument that uh, Daniel and Natasha have chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> I see what I was, you did there. Well I done. Holding, I was holding it. <laughs> oh, man, that's a good one. I wish I thought of it. <laughs> but, yeah, it's really right. cool. And talking about the moments where you can... How do you draw that line? How do you find that line of boundaries when, like, what is too creepy? You know, because Daniel's doing these things out of like, <laughs> out of expression, out of like love. And you know, when you're reading as an audience yeah. member, you're you're like, oh yeah, this is really cute, this is romantic or whatever. But <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's a very thin line. And you know, how would you how would you define the line to to not cross? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and the this is also based in the East Coast, New York, right? So. Uh, they have East Coast energy, so I think <laughs> that's Coast what energy. helps it a little bit. <laughs> where it's you know, East Coast people are not nice, but they're very kind. Uh, it's something I've heard before, and like the West Coast people are very uh, nice, but they're not kind. So just putting that out there, I'm not saying either side is better than the other, but um, I know that East Coast people, you know, like to say what's on their mind. You know, it's very blunt, but it comes from a place of good intentions. Um, so that's what helps it here. And Daniel kind of like is that aspect of like, hey, you should just do this to me. Come on. Like, don't worry about it. Like, you'll have a good time. Like, you know, and then sooner or later, she's like, okay, you're right. Like, I'll give this a shot and see where it goes because you're a good looking dude or whatever. Uh, and she had time to kill. Uh, I, <laughs> I like it because, you know, in our youth, we don't think about it either. Like, you know, whenever we got the courage to, to, talk to a girl or ask a girl out it's very difficult um for us but for daniel it seemed easy because he was so love stricken and this is one aspect of daniel i was actually very envious of because i was like man i wish i could have talked to girls like that you know like normally i come up and i don't know try to make them laugh and assume that we're going to be friends first before anything <laughs> goes off. But Daniel's just like, nah, 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 nah. She's the love of my life. And I know it for a fact. I know he's, he made, a, he made that distinction so quick too. And it's like, wow. <laughs> and then he starts, I guess maybe that's what makes it not, well, dang, holy crap. I'm trying to work in that. It's creepy, a fine line. You know, because <laughs> yeah. 
I can't say that like, hey, as long as it comes from a place of love, then it's not going to be creepy because then there's also like the extreme of that. It's like obsession or something like that. And that is creepy where, yeah, that's whatever. It's a book and, uh, you know, (laughs) (laughs) it's a love story. I should just give up on that idea. I think uh, this is a terrible segue segue into the, another topic I know we want to touch on is our parents being immigrants and uh, <laughs> and relating to Daniel. Um, I want to touch on the fact that you know Daniel's parents owned a a hair beauty uh, store, so you know selling beauty products and stuff. Uh, my parents, my dad, owned and managed a liquor store for a super long time since I was born. And when this detail was, when I read this detail, I was like, yes, 100%. I feel exactly what, I feel exactly what Daniel was feeling because I, you know, I was in his shoes. Like my parents, my dad gave up so much for this, owning a small business and like working so hard so that way he can push us to get an education and do all this to set up his future essentially and not worry about love so much. And more being more focused on foundation i want to touch on that because like uh that was the biggest part in this book that resonated with me and i was like wow i can't believe other people have gone through it through it first of all and although daniel is uh, second born and i'm uh i'm first born so i'm the oldest like there's a lot of aspects where i was like yeah like i get that we love our parents and because they sacrifice so much and set up a lot of things for us uh, we want to give that back and we can't necessarily pursue our passions like love because it might get in the way of giving back yeah it's we don't want to disappoint our parents you know it's it's like oh what if they don't love us anymore if we do this Mm. and it's part of self-acceptance and overcoming and all that stuff but for sure it's i guess that brings us back to dating within our race because we don't want to disappoint our parents so we must comply or you know it's a strange way of trying to make them happy (laughs) Mm -hmm. come to think of it (laughs) (laughs) yeah and we kind of see that in the end that it doesn't matter uh after we could talk about it right the the end happens she does get deported back and it's incredibly Ugh. sad Dude, and yeah. it, it's it's gut-wrenching it, unfortunately they couldn't do anything and all the hope that was built up throughout the story you knew there was going to be a rug pull because it, this is the realism of this right like we even though we've made so many different connections and, and everything we and we hope so hard and things might have fell into place like speaking to the lawyer uh, you know, at a specific time, and the lawyer even find the help. None of that lawyer. <laughs> matters sometimes. <laughs> the lawyer. What well, a great just, story on him. Well, I just want to mention that, like, it's it's actually, she actually did have a chance to stay, but mm-hmm. the lawyer mucked it up because he he didn't call in time. Instead of using that time to call the the court judge to appeal and like delay the case 
he had an affair yeah. instead. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then yeah. And that then... momentum of getting Natasha <laughs> deported, it was just super sad. It sucks, and and that's part of life. You know, it's it's, it's a it's a a thing that she could not control, which was a theme, another theme throughout the whole book, was accepting things that you cannot control. And yeah, it it was it's so shitty to see it, but I love that we get a bit of a time skip too, so it's not like we're in the dark about what happens essentially. And she moves forward and that's the important thing is that even though she was deported she still worked hard to her, toward her dream of coming back she came back and you know like that's the important thing is is the do-over aspect of it is the rebound is that even though life is pushing you down you continue to move forward you know and same thing with daniel i'm sure like there was a falling out or something with her with this family that no matter what i'm sure his parents will still love him He's going to continue to move forward and do what he wants to do because that's part of just being your own person and, and being an individual. So, yeah. Well, Good ending, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. When you mentioned Daniel, it reminded me of this moment where he confronts his uh, his brother, Charles, and like punches him mm -hmm. in the face. It was like a big moment for him because he, in a way, he was holding himself back but natasha was pushing him forward it's like natasha gave him this strength i guess to to face his family head on so mm -hmm. it's not so much the moment where he okay well standing up to his brother is good for him because now he's no longer like believing he's in his shadow and i don't know i, I think there's some self-gained respect here when he does that or mm -hmm. when he did that but the big moment or bigger moment is when his father comes in and then he talks to him talks to daniel and the big drop here is he his dad was actually being real in this moment and not just scolding him not just saying like you don't listen to me or whatever it's is like dropping the reality of the situation onto him. It's like, look, we moved here so that you guys don't have to suffer the way we did back home as an immigrant. And then like it goes into the backstory of what Daniel's dad needed to do in order to survive. And so he was like, Daniel, if you want to go to a different college outside of Yale or Harvard or whatever, go for it. But you have to pay for it. In my mind, that was like the closest you can get to yes, like I accept you. Know what I mean? A hundred percent. Yeah, dude, I, I love that you brought that up. I almost forgot about that moment because it's it's realizing like you can make a decision and you also have to deal with the repercussions. Like if he wants to go to college outside of it, totally fine. Like, but you have to pay for it. And the funny thing, right? Like that doesn't make any sense is if he goes to a different college, it could be cheaper, so it's easier to pay for. Like, why would you... But it doesn't it have the Yale prestige, okay? It's not Harvard. If if you go to Harvard, yeah, you have yeah. to brag about going to Harvard. Same with Yale. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so funny, because, like... I get it, though. I understand the portion, but I was like, dude, I know for me, nowadays, where I'll be like, you know, if, whenever I have kids, 
like you go to whatever college you want i want to show you how to you know try to get as many uh scholarships as possible how to not pay for however much you know like there are ways but i don't care what college you go to college doesn't matter it's what you do afterwards that matters you know like you get a degree in biology and still be a, a successful software engineer you know like you can even do two years of college and still be a director of whatever you want like you just have to work hard at getting there so that aspect for me like it was just so funny to read like you wow. just have to pay for your own school and it's like cool i don't want to pay for it <laughs> like, <laughs> i'm not gonna go to college like that's what that reminds me of my perspective on how our lives should be we shouldn't think oh man we shouldn't hold ourselves to this idea that we're on a linear path where we go to school after school you go to more school which is college <laughs> and then you yeah. find this career that you're going to stick with for the rest of your life the end and it's just like okay so from the ages of you know up to 18 or 25 and then from 25 upward assuming you got your uh de degree job what happens at 25 plus you just live out the same same thing every every dang day well yeah. i like to look at life like as if it were a portfolio you know we're we're just in different mm -hmm. stages and like you work at this job until you figure out eh, been there done that time for something different and that you can do that you can just shift and you're still gonna be okay because you know <laughs> of course there's more to yeah. life than just having a career or a job but it's the culmination of financial literacy and you know self-care all that stuff once you have that you can just bounce around <laughs> yeah. i think that's what everyone to strive towards and that's why school is such a funny concept if you really think about it like college and stuff uh like let's be honest throughout your time as a kid you know going from middle school high school like it opens your world or you know you get an education it opens your mind to the different topics out there but they don't teach you how to think creatively or branch out from that right they don't even teach financial literacy as much as they should like we wanted but they teach you to be a uh, an upstanding citizen and to do your part in society until you die essentially and then college is the same thing except you pay hundreds of thousands of dollars or tens of thousands of dollars too to figure out what that one thing is for the most part and some people fall into this bear trap but other people you know branch out and do their own thing and i like to mention that you're right there's your life isn't just linear you may have a downturn and you know at one point but sooner or later you might get presented with an opportunity to go down a different path you may not know what that opportunity is or where that path is going to take you. It could be better, it could be worse, but either way, it's not linear. You're going to experience something else that's important. And if it's bad, you learn from it. If it's good, you you build on it. So this book has a lot of those different aspects where you know there's certain things being built or paths being split. And we see that in our day-to-day -day every single time that you know we have an important decision to make that's probably the biggest one and making sure that we have the right support and if you don't have the support 
you know, I'm sure you can find something or someone out there to hold you up and, you know, put yourself on the pedestal. And that's the, the main thing about this book that I love so much. And the fact that you brought up that life isn't linear. That's a, a good encapsulation of this, like, <laughs> of the whole book. <laughs> yeah, life isn't really, linear. <laughs> it's really cool. Yeah. There's, I don't remember the full quote, but I liked how Natasha said, I like who I am when I'm with Daniel. Like, I think she mentioned in the book that she's falling in love with the person that she was becoming when she's with Daniel. I don't know if that's exact, yeah. but paraphrase or whatever, but it kind of inspired something where maybe that's what we should be doing, you know, like fall in love with the person that we're becoming before I don't know pursuing love outside <laughs> or both I don't know there's no you know there's no manuscript for this I'm just saying <laughs> there isn't yeah. to to fall in love with who you're becoming is a really cool concept yeah and uh, the idea that anything can be a catalyst for that is a lot more interesting as well in this case for Natasha it was a person for other people it could be finding a passion or a hobby that you didn't know you had a passion for. And I love that line. And I don't remember if it's in the book either, but I like that you said it, that, <laughs> you know, you got to fall in love with the person you're becoming and, you know, you just got to work your way up there. I think you and I are starting to bounce into that a little bit where we're like, we're diving into a ton of different things that I never thought we would, you know, here we are doing a podcast, like <laughs> for sure about what, like, and it's cool. It, it's cool. I would say, again, this book is just so good. <laughs> yeah. It's, In a lot of different aspects. So. It hit hard many times. <laughs> it just really <laughs> resonated with us. There's... Yeah. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> so do you believe that, you can fall in love with within 20, 12 hours? Ooh, great question. Um, yes. If I, if you're also going to ask me if I can fall in love in the same way they did. No. I, but he had the, the question. <laughs> he had the question. He was persistent. Um, <laughs> I think that's the big thing is being persistent though. This story went from, again, complete strangers in the beginning to lovers in the end. To me, it's more so like you meet a person. After the first time you meet them, it's the second chance. That's when the clock kind of starts, right? You start getting to know them a lot more. You start asking questions. And then in that time frame, I believe you could fall in love in 12 hours. Huh. Yeah, and in a way, they did that, too, because they did have that moment of, like, oh, this isn't going to work out, and they went their separate ways, and they, it's in that brief moment of, oh, shoot, I kind of regret that, and then they impulsively kind of find each other again. I think I found the answer to your, <laughs> that persistence is creepy um, idea, because, you know, you can go too far, and it would be creepy. I think Daniel gets a pass because he's handsome. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah, you're right. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Good looking people. If you're if you're an eight or eight point five and up, you get passes. 
he had the privilege of being very extremely good looking. <laughs> You're allowed certain uh, certain uh, luxuries. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, I think that's a good one. <laughs> that's what? a good note uh, to end on. <laughs> Just, yeah. Just kidding. I feel like we should end on something happier. Uh. <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, love, love is real. Uh, uh, believe in yourself. <laughs> did you did you like the ending? The ending. So ten years has passed, and they've already lived in a, another like ten years of life, and lots of things <laughs> happen. Lots of things have changed, and then it's that last moment where. They're on a plane at the same time, different seats, but they didn't know that they were on the same plane until that lady kind of interjects and then they, her name gets mentioned, Natasha, and then Daniel looks up and then Natasha sees Daniel. Yeah. <sighs> I, I'm a big fan of it. Like, it's so silly, but I do believe that the people you meet in your life uh, we're connected by, I think it's called the red string theory, where you're connected by an invisible string. And sooner or later, you will end up meeting them again. And I believe this because I have a really good story on this. So my wife and I, we went to Disneyland one time. And this was like, I think six, five, six years ago. While we were there, I saw a guy. I was like, dude, this guy looks so familiar. He looks like like this kid I used to be friends with back in elementary school, or whatever. And I couldn't, and you know, it's kind of crazy because like you grow up so much, and like there's no way it could have been him, obviously. And we're in a whole different state at a whole different time and place. And like I was just like, okay, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna ask him what his name is. And I was like, dude, you look so familiar. What's your name? And he says his name. And I was like what's your last name? He says his last name. I was like, do you remember me by any chance? My name is Derek. And he's like, from, from elementary school? And we had this whole conversation trying to piece these things together. And it turns out he was the kid that I was friends with, like best friends with in elementary school. Dang. <laughs> and I was like, that blew my mind. I was like, there's no way. I was like, what are you doing here? Like, what? A, like, what? And he's like, yeah, I'm here for vacations. Like, what are the odds that we're both here for vacation and see each other and stuff? So I 100% agree with this. I actually think it's very possible. Um, even if it's 10 years later, like, I, it just like, again, another thing that resonated with me. I was like, this it's a good ending <laughs> and it's a fun moment into a lot of themes about the book yeah. it's a fun moment when that happens when you bump into someone that you haven't seen in a while you're just like hey what's up what's going on you kind of catch up with each other yeah. on life a little bit after like a brief well i shouldn't say brief after a long period of time <laughs> it's kind of cool it's, mm -hmm. it's like you bookmarked yeah. that relationship there and then in the past then many many years later you kind of like catch up kind of fill in the blanks between that gap of that bookmark i think that's really cool yeah it can all get really awkward too because like we were like i don't know how to end this i'm just gonna do this thing <laughs> <laughs> why'd you make it up yeah like, 
Dude, I just didn't know what to say. Like, it's so difficult. And I'm sure they were the same way, too, if they saw each other, especially if they had if they had moved on and had other people that they were with on their plane. That'd be kind of crazy. That's what I, mean, I was kind of scared I don't know if get of. that from anybody. Yeah. <laughs> I was scared because 10 years is a long time, dude. So, like... A very long time. So, yeah. Natasha... The likelihood of Natasha and Daniel being as good-looking people as they are to still be single <laughs> to still be single 10 years later and then run into each other that's insane dude like and it could happen you know they could be like just hooking up and then they're like oh i'll never find a love like this ever they had some side then... quests before yes yeah <laughs> before, before the, popping back on the, the main, main quest <laughs> <laughs> dude, it's cool um i think this is a good point or this is a good uh, time to say that i did watch the movie um and we'll talk about this too i know like in a different episode but the movie completely different oh. <laughs> oh, completely different so i can't wait to talk about it yeah so the reason why we didn't do a movie comparison for this episode is because we already knew that we had so much to say about this uh, about the many themes that are present in this book. Therefore, it would be too long if we incorporated a movie book comparison. So we'll do another episode on that. But is there anything else that you would like to add? No, I think this is a good stopping point. Sweet. I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Thanks for joining us as we discuss and discussed. I've been Kevin. I've been Derek. Follow us for more content coming at you soon. Bye. Bye.